It was great. <laughs> so, uh, tonight we're going to carry on uh, with our uh, growth series. At the moment we're looking at um, what does a mature Christian actually look like? And we're doing a few um, sermons on that. Uh, so I'll go into that later. We're going to worship first. And would you like to stand? And I'll pray. Father, we thank you that you live the way we treat people, the way we act towards others. It might be a true reflection of our worship of you. Amen. Please take a seat. Thank you, guys. So, uh, this uh, series of sermons was started last year. It's all about kind of just thinking through what does it actually take to grow. And um, uh, up until just before the summer, we were looking at uh, seven key things, seven keys to growth. Uh, and if you want to look at what they were, most six of them are up. Uh, I should put the seventh one up on the website, uh, but we didn't get recorded. So, uh, I might do a special recording of that just so it's up there. Um, but from September, uh, for a little while, I don't know how long this will go on for, uh, I'm going to talk about, well, what does actually a mature Christian look like? Because unless you know what you're aiming for, you don't know what to do next, do you? You don't know what direction to go in. And so the idea of this is starts to kind of just flesh out a little bit. What should you be aiming for? What should your life start to look like? What does... Someone who is modelling their life on Jesus, what do they look like? And uh, hopefully as we go through this, it gives you a sense of areas of your life that you need to, that you need to work on, uh, that you need to develop. Um, and probably the, the last seven talks will help you with that. Uh, and this is kind of just giving you a picture of where to go to. Um, I think it's important that we have a sense of where we're going to. Otherwise, you just drift as a Christian. And too many people do just grip, drift as Christians. It's easy to just go from one day to the next, one Sunday to the next, one small group to the next, just going along through your kind of, going through the motions of being a Christian without actually pushing on towards something. As a Liverpool supporter, it's fascinating to see Liverpool push on towards something because they've got a goal. Not not literal goal, but they've got something to aim for, you know. They've got, they're going for uh, the league this year by the looks of things. But um, they know what they're trying to do. What are we trying to do as Christians? If we are to grow, what are we to grow into? And uh, the Bible talks about kind of maturity is one way of describing it. Uh, and so um, this whole thing is around what does a mature Christian look like? Um, so... Uh, Tonight we'll think about living in truth. Uh, and actually I think it's really important in, in this particular time that we live in. Because, uh, let's face it, uh, what is truth anymore? I mean, I don't even know if I trust the BBC News. 
And that's saying something, isn't it? You know, the epitome of unbiased reporting. I don't even know if I trust them anymore. I think Robert Peston came out fairly recently saying that, you know, there was pressure to sell a certain spin on Brexit and all that kind of stuff. Who do you trust? This whole thing in America at the moment with um, uh, Kavanaugh, I can't remember his first name. Who's telling the right story? His accusers or him? In the midst of all the kind of fake news around, what is truth? And what does it actually mean for us anymore? And I don't know about you, but um, uh, <laughs> I think people are becoming more fake. I had a, a discussion uh, while we were away last weekend uh, with my daughters. Because um, uh, we started to talk about natural beauty. What is that? In an age where people, as men and women, are having all sorts of procedures done on themselves to make them look more attractive, what does natural beauty even mean anymore? And uh, my daughter, uh, she'd been listening to some podcasts that actually challenged the whole notion of natural beauty. And so we were talking about it. So when you go out with someone, who are you actually going out with? Is it some kind of image that they're trying to present to themselves? Or is it the real them? People can be a bit fake. Uh, And let's face it, marketers, advertisers, I mean, they're selling us fake stuff all the time, aren't they? You know, the whole thing about advertising is all about trying to sell you something that you don't need anymore. And basically, they'll do anything they can to do that. Anytime I get an offer that sounds too good to be true, I'm like, okay, hmm, what's the catch here? So uh, I recently moved from BT Internet to Sky Internet, and we've already had Sky TV, uh, and they offered me uh, a brand new package where I got £24 worth of extra stuff for Sky for £5 a month. I'm like, wow, that's a result. But in my back of mind, I'm thinking, hmm, is it? Will I be stung later on? You just don't know, do you? And of course, there's a whole bunch of fake beliefs around as well, isn't it? There are ideas and philosophies around that are simply all around making you a better person and trying to build you up, but most of it is simply not based on anything at all. It's not based on any truth or spiritual reality. We live in a time where fakery is rabid. And we need to be different to that. We need to be a people who display what it means to live in the truth of God. And so I've I've basically got three points tonight. Uh, Some of those points are broken down into other points, but I've only got three points tonight. Uh, And the first point is this, uh, that we need to live the truth of the gospel. Uh, It's actually quite unpopular and unfashionable to be really into doctrine at the moment. Systematic theology and all those kind of things. At one point, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that was the thing. That's what you did. You had to be sound. You know, theologically, biblically sound. Uh, It's not the case anymore. Even people who are studying theology uh, to be ordained or to move into uh, ministry in some way, 
Most of them don't want to do it. Most of them are only doing fairly light kind of theology, even compared to what I did 25 years ago. It's, it's different. And yet it is absolutely vital that we understand our faith. Now, you know me, I am not one for simply understanding something. It has to be lived out. That's what I bang on about all the time. It's no good you knowing something unless you're living it. I said that this morning. But we have to know it as well. We have to understand the basic biblical doctrines of our faith. And someone who is mature in their faith is working on that and through that. Let me read uh, Ephesians 4 to you, starting in verse 11. Uh, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I would encourage you to read those verses again and reflect on them this week. Because right in the middle of that it says that we need to grow in our knowledge of God the Son. And you can imply by that, basically just God, you know. We need to grow in our knowledge of who he is, what he has done, why he has done it. Our understanding of how God sees creation, our understanding, and I'll get into this in a minute, of how God sees us. See, what we believe shapes our behaviour. What you believe about salvation will shape how you live your life. What you believe about God's grace or God's anger will shape how you live your life. What you believe about people will shape your life. And we need to base it on scripture. I was going to put my hand on the Bible, but my Bible's that, okay? Doesn't look so good, does it? But that. We need to base our beliefs on what God has already revealed in scripture so that we have a solid base on which to move and live and act. And without that, we are simply building on sand. And so I would encourage you, if you want to to grow in your faith and to become mature, the first place to start is to just slowly start building up your knowledge of the faith. There are plenty of kind of uh, fairly easy to read biblical doctrine books that would start you off. And maybe it's something that you'll get into really heavily, uh, and that's great as long as it doesn't detract from what you do. Because some people get stuck in this rut. You know, they get so stuck in reading about more stuff about salvation, grace, end times, all those kind of things, that they actually never get round to doing the things that God tells them to do. But you need to base it on something solid. So I'd encourage you to build up your knowledge of what we believe. In um, uh, Romans 12, sorry, not Romans 12, Hebrews 6, it says this. Uh, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment. 
So there, the writer is saying that these are the elementary teachings. This is what you learn, not even in primary school, but in reception class. All right? And it is all about repentance. Do you understand the whole point of repentance, what repentance achieves, and the biblical background to repentance? Do you understand the whole biblical background of the laying on of hands and what it's for and how you do it? Do you understand about the end times and revelation? These are the elementary teachings that Paul says, move on from them. And yet I would imagine that most Christians don't even know about them yet. The call to maturity is the call to grow in our knowledge of the faith. But let me say it again. And not just to say there, but to put it into action, all right? Don't get stuck in that kind of rut. What we believe shapes how we live. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you renew your mind by studying scripture. By getting to grips with its teaching. By maintaining a proper balance between action and faith and feelings and study. And making sure that study provides the foundation for all the other things. See, Jesus said, didn't he, that it's the truth that sets you free. Let me just read what he says in Matthew 8. He said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If we continue in the word of God, we find freedom. See, the the things that you learn won't just help you live. They will set you free. Most people struggle with their idea of God and how God sees them. And they struggle simply because they really haven't studied Scripture. And they really haven't thought about who God is and what he has done for them and how he thinks about them. They, They simply are following through on the, the different winds that blow their way. Whether it's something they've seen on the internet, their feelings in that day, what a friend has said to them. We need to base our lives on the solid truth that allows us to understand just how much God loves us. And just how much he's achieved for us. And not allow anything to move us on from that. Because that is the truth. And that truth will set you free from every wayward thought and feeling that will ever come your way. It is the truth that sets us free. My daughter's kind of uh, really discovering this at the moment, my eldest daughter. Uh, on, uh, on Facebook recently, she put a, a, quite a long post um, detailing her, no, not quite detailing, but summarising her struggle with bulimia. And how after seven years, she's got to a, a kind of a stable point and a point where she now feels able to help other girls and lads struggling with eating disorders. And uh, she was doing it to raise money you know, <laughs> as a crowdfunding thing to, so she could go on a course and provide some money for this minute, new ministry. 
And uh, she, she'd done the whole thing, you know, the, the doctor's offered her counselling, and she went with two different counsellors, none of that helped. Uh, she read all sorts of different kinds of self-help books, none of that helped. She worked on different ways of eating and all that kind of stuff, none of that helped. What helped was understanding who she was in Christ and building her life on truth. That's what helped. And unless we know the truth about who God is and what God has done and how God sees you and how he sees the world and the truth of what happens at the the end of all time and the truth of the work of the Holy Spirit in us, unless we're able to build on that, then our lives will always be fragile. Because building your life on those things provides strength. And if you base your life on the truth of the gospel, then it won't matter what feelings you have from one day to the next. Because sometimes our feelings, are the, they're the things that lead us astray, aren't they? A friend, I was with a friend of mine on Friday, and he has struggled with anger for all his life. His first marriage broke up because of it. His current relationship who's engaged to a girl, that's just broke up because of it. And he just can't get through these feelings. Feelings have a way of dismantling our lives and knocking us sideways in all sorts of ways. But it's the truth that sets us free and it's the truth that should guide us. And so when Paul says in Ephesians 4 that then you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves... And then he says, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and also by the cunning and craftiness of people. What he's saying there is that there's nothing in this world that can shift you off course if you base your life on truth rather than on other things. It's so easy, isn't it, to, be, to just drift, to find yourself in a solid place one year and then a couple of years down the line, find that you've been blown off course by your feelings, by other people, by weird little teachings and things that you've picked up on the internet. And you find that you're suddenly miles away from Jesus. Build your life on the truth of the gospel. The second thing is this. Build, sorry, live in the truth of your identity. Every person I know who I would call a mature Christian, who I would look up to and think, wow, that's the kind of person I would want to be. Every single one of them know who they are in Christ. And that is one of the most foundational truths that I think most Christians don't understand yet. You see, when we, when we came to Jesus, we got a new identity. We were, we've become new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. And we'll spend the rest of our lives working through the implications of that. But we are now new people, new creations. And you are in the process of discovering just what that new creation looks like. And when you work through that and discover who you are, by reading the scriptures and working through some of those things, and living your life in Christ... 
then, then you will reach maturity. Then you start to become more Christ-like. And everyone I know who is at a place where I look up to them and think, I wish I could be like you, they know who they are. They know that they are new creations, that the old has gone. See, the past no longer has any influence on the decisions they make and how they live. They know where their future lies because they know that they are God's child and God has them in the palm of his hand and that there is nothing that could snatch them away from him. They are secure in that relationship. And they know that in their presence, that God has a plan and a purpose for them that will enable them to find meaning and significance and purpose for their lives. See, when you know who you are in Christ, if you really know, nothing will ever shake you. Not even the circumstances that surround you, no matter how bad they get, if you know who you are in Christ, all of that will simply swirl around you and you'll know that you are standing on solid ground as a child of God, secure in your relationship with him. You can always tell when someone is immature in their faith who doesn't understand who they are in Christ because when something negative happens, they're all, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. Those who are mature, that question doesn't even come into their heads because they just know because they're building their life on something solid and not simply on what they feel. So if you know who you are, that will shape your life considerably. Because it won't matter then what other people think about you. It won't matter what other people say about you. All that will matter is what God has said about you and continues to speak over your life. The final thing is this, living in truthfulness. And there's two things, there's two sides to this. Uh, Firstly is this, about being real. See, people who are mature in their faith don't pretend anymore. They don't have to, because they know who they are in Christ. They're solid on that, and so they don't have to try and pretend to be someone or something else to other people. They don't have to pretend to be happy when they're sad or sad when they're happy. They don't have to pretend to be some super spiritual kind of person. They're usually quite humble. They're the kind of people that in the midst of a crisis, they've just got a sense of peace about them. And you know it's real. It's not a pretend. It's not forced. It's not false. Because it's a sense of peace that comes deep from deep within them. And for lots of people... Just trying to be real is a challenge. Because it might be for some people that all their lives they've had to try and pretend to be someone else. See, in a church, there shouldn't be any masks. We should be, which we should be able to be, honest with each other. You know, the hardest thing about hearing what my daughter uh, was going through 
was that she'd kept it secret from us for six years. Because she was so ashamed. She had a small number of people who she told. And I understand that. I get that. But it's a shame, isn't it, that in the church, and with her dad, who's a pastor, she just couldn't tell us. Maturity should be that we should be confident in just being honest about who we are, honest about our failings, honest even about our successes, and not pretend to be anything else or anyone else. And that kind of also kind of moves into how we live our lives outside of the church. I wonder if you're the kind of person who's different in church than you are with non-Christians. That's easy to do as well. I've been there, I've done that. A mature Christian will always be the same. They'll be the same in church, on a Sunday, or in work, on a Monday. They'll be the same when they go to the pub with their mates. They'll be the same kind of person when they hang out with people of the opposite sex. They'll be the same kind of person when they're going to interviews. They'll be the same kind of person in every situation. There will never, ever be any difference in that. And they'll always be the same kind of person in private as they are in public, when no one else is looking. That's maturity. Because that is about being confident in who God has made you to be. And finally, in this part, it's about living with integrity, just being truthful. Just telling the truth, living honestly. Mature people will never hide stuff. They'll never try and pretend on things. They'll never tell lies. A mature Christian will never take home pens from work when he knows he shouldn't do. A mature Christian will do the simple things well. And not try and wash over the white lies or the little things that they've nicked. To live in the truth also means that we live truthfully. And maturity should always be that we are aiming to be that kind of person. Because there was never any side to Jesus. Who he was in public was exactly who he was in private. Who he was with his disciples was exactly who he was with the Pharisees. He never fiddled money, even though he could have done, like Judas. He never tricked people. He never deceived people. He never pretended to be something that he wasn't. And living truthfully is something that is sadly needed today. And each and every one of us, wherever we are, can be the kind of role model to others that allows people to see what truthfulness looks like. Starting with building your life on the truth of the gospel all the way through to being truthful in all the small things of life. And a mature Christian will live their whole life 
with every level of truth in place. Whether it's the little things or the big things. Their whole life would be built on truth. So let me ask you a question. In the midst of what I've just shared, what is God saying to you? And the second question is, there we go, now you're getting it. What are you going to do about it? Because that's maturity, isn't it? That you hear from God and in integrity you act on it. So is there something about simply getting to grips with the truth of what we believe? Is there something about understanding who you are in Christ? Is there something about the little things, about how you live your life on a daily basis? What do you need to act on tonight? Let's just take a moment to be quiet. And in a silence, why not just do a little bit of business with God? Just lift it up, whatever it is that you think you need to act on tonight. Is there something during the week that you need to work on, that you need to do? Why not just ask God to help you to do that this week? Father, I thank you that you have provided us with all that we need to know. We thank you, Lord, that it's all contained in Scripture. Help us, Lord, to build our lives on the truth. Lord, help us to do the hard work of getting to grips with with doctrine and study and scripture. Help us, Lord, to understand who we are in you. Help us, Lord, to understand what it means to be a new creation. And, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to live our lives truthfully, honestly, with integrity, with authenticity. Holy Spirit, would you lead us this week into truth? In Jesus' name. Amen. Mark's going to come and lead us in a final song or two. I don't know how many. Um,